You're listening to the Build and Bloom podcast with host Jessica Whitaker, an educator of film and digital photography to beginners, both in workshops across the globe and online. Creator of the Build and Bloom group on Facebook, one of the largest and most engaged photography communities with over 60,000 members, and founder of non-profit Sister Sister, a monthly networking group for young women in media. Jessica Whitaker cuts the fluff and will help you to grow your photography business with practical, actionable tips in every episode. If you're ready for a roadmap to a better personal and professional balance, then Build and Bloom podcast will help encourage, empower, and educate you to not only build your dream business, but sustain it. And now, here's your host, Jessica Whitaker. This podcast episode is brought to you by my Business Basics class. I teach you the eight essential steps to get your business legal and legit so you can watch it bloom. You'll learn the basics of what is an LLC and the first steps to opening one up, opening a business bank account, how to find an accountant, what is bookkeeping and how can you do it yourself to save some money, what contracts and legal documents to consider and where you can buy them, the starting point for saving for your retirement, how to find a financial advisor, and where to start looking for business insurance. When you avoid getting all these ducks in a row, you are risking getting sued, paying more in taxes, and missing out on turning your income into more money. Head to jessicawhitaker.co slash business basics to enroll. Hey photographer, Jessica Whitaker here. Welcome to the Build and Bloom Photography Podcast. In this episode, I am joined by Daquan Terrence, who is the king of creative photo shoots. He's originally from Las Vegas and now lives up here in Seattle. This episode is loaded with so many actionable steps that you can take to get re-inspired to go out and create. He is talking all about how to be an ATV, an all-terrain vehicle in photography. From getting scrappy with wardrobe, hair, doing makeup yourself, to finding unique concepts outside of Pinterest. I've always encouraged starting where you're at with who you have in your corner and with what equipment you already own. And this episode is going to reignite that flame for those of you who need that boost of encouragement. And he is sharing so much gold in this episode. So let's get right into it. Daquan, I am so excited to have you on the Build and Bloom podcast. There is no one better to talk about how to plan a creative shoot with a team or without a team than you. So will you please introduce yourself to the listeners? How's it going? Uh, My name is Daquan Terrence. I'm your favorite photographer's favorite photographer. Um, I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada, but now I am residing in Seattle, Washington, and I am a photographer. I do as many styles as I can. I'm technically what people would call it ATV. ATV is all-terrain vehicle, and that just means that I can go anywhere and do everything that my heart desires. What are we going to be talking about today? The process of like creative shoots and how you can do that with a team, without a team, and then also being a all-terrain vehicle amongst yourself as a photographer. So when it comes to creative photo shoots, why is it important for photographers to experiment around with doing them? One of the things that we as photographers fall into is complacency. And complacency happens to turn into burnout. Mm. And in between your day-to-day, whether you do weddings or you know uh, family portraits or you know maternity or couples, you kind of need to have a moment to do personal stuff and a lot of personal stuff can be creative and really stepping into this realm of just finding something that you've always wanted to do 
and then just going all in on it. To you, what does a creative shoot look like? And then I know we're going to hop into the questions about how to build one out, but when the listeners hear creative shoot, what are we talking about in this episode? I know for my process, at least, a lot of like creative shoots come to me when I'm listening to music when I'm watching a movie trailer, there's always something that stands out to where I have to like go to my phone and write down the idea because I don't want to lose it. The different elements is, you know, obviously finding the concept. And then once you figure out the concept and whether it is, and like I said, if it comes to you from a movie trailer or a movie or a song, you kind of go into the process of figuring out, all right, what is the wardrobe going to look like? What's the location going to look like? What's the hair and the makeup going to look like? And then what are the poses that you want to kind of like go into that really like brings this to life? Because that's the point is a creative shoot has got to be something that really leaves you fulfilled and drives you to do so much more. How do you go about finding a concept for a photo shoot? A lot of it comes from like, OG Tumblr majority of the times like 2015 2017 Tumblr was like the prime years for photography and I love going back and looking and I'm like oh man like that'd be great that'd be great that'd be great and then indie films like I'm really huge on indie films I love the films that a lot of people may think are like weird or trashy or just too sappy and I find the most random ideas just from watching a trailer and a lot, a lot of foreign films too. Like it, there's just something about just the, the, the all forms of like art, especially with music and music videos. Like you just see something and it, it's whether the lighting, the way it's shot and then you're instantly like, okay, I have to do this. Like my whole entire like phone, my, my notes folder, like I have a bunch of folders. I had to be organized because I, my mind's always chaotic, but my whole notes folder for photography, I have so many shoots and it's just random. And even when I'm like walking about around, like, you know, going from place to place, from shoot to shoot, I see something. I see somebody running down the street with like a briefcase and I'm like, okay, um, briefcase, um, clothes hanging out the briefcase, maybe it's this. And then it just kind of spirals from there. And so I have all these like, all these creative shoots that I want to do. And now it's really going in and executing it. I love how you didn't say Pinterest. Pinterest is such an awesome tool for inspiration, but in recent episodes, there's been this common um, thread of going beyond Pinterest for inspiration because that's where you, you don't have the game of comparison because with Pinterest, you're going to have all these other images that are similar, but it's easy to be even subconsciously comparing. Well, my work isn't going to look, it's not going to be to that that level or you know it's not gonna look that way it's I what if I do it and it just looks like a horrible or you know it's just not gonna be up to par with all these other things that I'm seeing or so you think it's like a lie you're telling yourself but when you go beyond the internet or when you go beyond Pinterest or Instagram for inspiration then there's so much less of that and so I love that you're talking about especially using film because it's still a visual medium. And I one awesome thing about photography is that we get to combine all these different elements from other, other mediums, other art forms. Um, what's like a good place where people can watch indie films? Are they, are there a lot on Netflix or more on like Amazon Prime? I, you know, and what's so crazy is that to even think about what happened years ago and how we were just kind of stuck inside and like 
watching streaming services there's so many like avenues and like i know amazon prime is very heavy on the more indie side from what i've noticed a lot of people that i've known that have worked in movies they are like oh yeah we're you know we're sending this off to amazon to have be put on or like sundance so like amazon is one of the key places youtube is another place that i used to like scour youtube for like movie trailers that i like you know would see okay what's like new movies that are coming out this year and I look and I find some stuff and then I mean I used to I mean way back in the day I used to go on like certain like websites that you can find see movies that were in theaters online because I was like I don't want to go to theater by myself so I'd just be like in my room and so that's kind of like the same thing and then Netflix too like Netflix has a lot of like gems that are just kind of hidden so you really like I don't want to say you have to look for it but you really gotta have to be like open-minded when you see something, watch the trailer, read the synopsis, and then really be like, okay, maybe like, I'll give this a shot. And you never know, sometimes within the first few minutes, you're like, okay, like this may not be good. And then right as soon as you're gonna switch to something that you're comfortable watching, you see something, you're like, wait a second, boom. And then it just goes from there. I love drama films and romances. And so I just was like scouring through a lot of like those like channels and I was like oh like what is this what is this I end up seeing this really good French film and I you know space on the name but it's about the guy who made the Eiffel Tower who was the architect and it was this love story about how he made the Eiffel Tower to impress the woman that he wanted to marry in his younger years and that like that movie has so much that I can take from and it's hard because it was like, what do I, what do I take from this that maybe hasn't already been done, or that can be kind of like, I guess you can say like nostalgic for people. When it comes to makeup, how do you, as a photographer, translate what you want from that still image into the makeup and the wardrobe? Yeah, with especially for like hair and makeup. And, you know, I know, like, we talk about kind of, like, escaping from, like, Pinterest, but at the same time, like, kind of using Pinterest as a inspiration and not imitation, not trying to take and take and take. And one thing that I've been slowly trying to kind of get into, and I really need to, like, get myself, like, a drawing pad is basically, like, when I take a still image from a film or whatever I'm trying to do, and basically kind of, like, learn and go about figuring out okay do I want the eyeshadow to be this color okay what about the lights and really kind of like plan it out and storyboard because it's really like it's like really imperative that you really sit down and you map out everything and there's a lot of people who like to go with the flow and just kind of wing it but for me like I have to have structure mm -hmm. structure is so important for me because as long as I know how I want it to go and how I want everything else. If I have to wing it on the spot, I already know that something is already set in stone and I can yeah. just work around it. And especially I'm still learning more about makeup. There's a point in time where like I was buying a lot of makeup for, you know, significant others and you're, you're kind of learning and you're like, all right, what is this? What is this? And then by the time you're learning your whole entire hand is like a Picasso painting. What about when it comes to posing? With posing, it's, I, I love, the art of posing and I study I study a lot of Coco Rocha and I study mm -hmm. other shots and sometimes I'm the type of like photographer that like 
if I can't put myself in that pose, I'm not going to put anybody else in the pose. Mm. And so I practice different posing. And and then there's times where like I forget half the time what these poses are because like my brain is going like 25 miles an hour and I'm trying to figure it out. When you're on the shoot? Yeah, when I'm mm. on the shoot, I'm very much like all over the place. But for posing too, it's really about looking into that film and seeing what the the mood is and what kind of goes for it so like for example like if the concept is this this really low lit room with the light coming in from the window but you want to kind of highlight something in front of it with that it's like okay do I want you sitting and how do I want you sitting Mm -hmm. and really just like and a lot of it too is kind of setting up in front of your own window setting up the camera setting up whatever and kind of just seeing what works so then when you're on the shoot, you can just go straight in and be like, all right, cool. This is how I want you to do this. This is how you want to do that. And then also like showing the stills to the models that you're working with so they can kind of get an idea. Because sometimes it's hard to it's hard to explain and then showing people because then we all, like our bodies are so different. And so the way that I, I slouch when I sit down. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, I want you to do this. And then like they're slouching a little bit. And I'm like, oh, well, no, no, like, uh, you know, sit up a little bit. So it's always good to kind of just show as well, like what is trying to be achieved. Do you have then the reference photos of the poses that you want in your phone to be able to show them? Yes, always. And, and most of the time, if I'm doing my own pose, I'll, I'll pull it up, I'll set it up on like, you know, I'll have my lens, I'll set the phone up and like, I'll be like, okay, cool. And then they look and they'll be able to kind of adjust and figure out. And then even from there, in the middle of them figuring it out, there may be one pose that like you just, you saw it just from one way that they moved and you catch it. And then sometimes you're like, all right, bet. Like, that was good. Let's go to this yeah. next different pose. When you put it, the phone up next to the lens, are you showing the reference or are you doing front camera so they can kind of see themselves? Showing the reference. So like, I'll pull up, I'll pull up the image. And then like, when I try to set it up, like, and it really depends on where I'm at. If I could set it up on like a couch or a chair, I'll put it up there mm-hmm. just so it's in front of them. So they can see and boom there. And then especially like having mirrors are like godsend sometimes when it comes down to posing, because if the model can see how they look, they can totally be like, all right, cool. I know exactly what I need to do. That's like different. Even with showing them in camera, they'll look and be like, okay, no, no, no. I know what I need to do. It's almost like this constant back and forth you need to have with your model where Mm -hmm. You ha- you can't be self-conscious of showing them the image because, oh, it's not edited yet. You know, it's not going to look this way, especially no. maybe if you're doing a lot of Photoshop stuff over it. You mm-hmm. need to show the model. So then all they're going to be focused on is how they're looking and if yeah. they're achieving the result that you're you're asking them for. So I love that advice about keeping the reference photo up because otherwise it's like you show somebody and then we're like on sensory overload on a yeah. show. We're dealing with all these different like elements, especially if it's like the models, like also touching up their makeup at the, you know, so you show them and then it's gone. And then it's like, wait, what, what exactly was that? And then exactly. you create frustration. So I love that about having it um, just set up the whole time to show. I think that's so genius. 
This podcast episode is brought to you by HoneyBook. HoneyBook is a client management program. You are able to have your client submit their inquiry form on your website and have this system automate the entire booking process. So once you get that client inquiry, they're popped at the top of your funnel and booked hands-free. So now instead of the cycle of responding to inquiries manually, answering the questions, following up with ghosted clients, you know the drill. This process should now take you 10 minutes because it is automated. So before we get back to the episode, let's talk about getting paid. Another feature I love is that you can set up a payment schedule with your clients and HoneyBook will automatically remind them that the payment is almost done and it will invoice them. I love that you could set up various payment schedules with your clients. You can break it down by percentage, exact amount, and HoneyBook will do all the math for you. It will automatically remind them when payments are due or about to be due and it will invoice them. So there's no more back and forth for you trying to track down that final payment. You can head to jessicawhitaker.co slash honeybook to snag a free trial with no credit card required to set up. And if you love it, you'll get 50% off your first year. That's jessicawhitaker.co slash honeybook. What are the limitations that you face when you can't have a stylist, a hair makeup artist, or creative director on shoots? A lot of that kind of comes down at being an ATV. And being the all-terrain vehicle, which really means is that you got to step in and do it all. And one of the things, and I've learned this pretty much like years ago, there was a point in time where I couldn't get a hold of the stylist. It was either they, you know, just didn't see my message, I got left on scene, or they just weren't available. And I was like, man, like all these ideas that I had, and then I'm canceling shoots because it's like nothing's going my way. And then I was like, you know what? No, like, let me let me take matters in my own hands. And I would tell models to bring a full duffel bag, bring your whole closet, I don't care. And I literally would just study and learn how to style and trying to figure out what's gonna go together. Like fashion, you can throw on different layers and be quirky and just really just kind of just go all out for some you know ideas. But also there's like been a point where I was like, okay, I gotta figure out what is gonna go with what, what matches with what, especially, you know, like, when you look at a lot of the stuff in like ads and magazines, there's a lot of correlation. There's a lot of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, continuity within outfits and the styles and everything. So like denim on denim is always the, you know, the, the, the classic, but then also it's like, what is the shirt that's underneath the jacket? That plays a huge part of the shoes, everything. So when I would tell models to bring this full duffel bags and we'd be in the middle of like the streets and I'd be like, okay, cool. We're laying out in front of the car and we're like, all right, cool. I like this outfit here, this outfit here, this outfit here. Um, I'm not savvy with doing hair and makeup. That's just one thing I haven't tapped into. And it's something that would require a lot of time and effort. But if photographers are really tapped into knowing how to do hair and knowing how to do makeup, doing that as well is such a key thing because obviously you already know what you want for the shoots and it is it takes some time it takes some requirements so but with that i'll tell the model okay hey i this is the kind of ideas that i want for the model uh for the makeup and the hair and then they come ready for it and then with that it's also creative directing and the same thing is like you know you're basically we already post people and we already do us all stuff but it's also kind of staying on track when we're shooting and, and that, again, structure and having just a sleep like schedule of how you want to do things plays a whole part. So when you don't have 
the stylist and the hair and the makeup and the creative director, you really have to play all parts and you really have to just stay in that lane and not try to steer away from it. And, you know, and sometimes things may not go the way that they go planned. And so you really have to be like quick on your feet with it. So if one outfit's just not going good or if like there's a hole in it, then you're like, okay, wait a second, let's try to figure this out. Either you still shoot it and then you patch it out in Photoshop or you use that to your advantage and start messing around with other ideas. So mainly it's really just when you don't have the access, you need to make the access. You need to be the one that really just takes control. How do you stay on track then with making sure that, okay, wardrobe doesn't take too long for us to decide the model arrives with makeup? Is it mostly communication and then just literally setting timers for yourself? That's what I do on shoots. I'll be like, okay, 20 minutes for this look. And then I'm going to set it again because I'll get really off track shooting like the same spot, the same pose too hyper-focused. So what's an organization tip for that aspect? Setting timers. I don't set timers myself. I should, but setting timers really just kind of like being cautious of like when you are exhausting a location. And one of my key things is like, I walk around and I shoot and I find spots. Cause even if like I have the main spot and then the main spot is just one thing, I still walk around the surrounding area before I even hit the main spot because you never know. And so for me, and I kind of noticed that I give myself, I think it's like a 25 shot kind of like stopping point. So if you think about it from like a film standpoint, if you're, you know, you have 35, you know, exposures in a film for 35 mil, just kind of go off about that. Okay, you got 25 shots of like the same pose or different pose in the same spot. All right, do I take a couple steps to the right and change the perspective or do we move on so really like to stay on track is really just like hitting your points so if you make the schedule you have your timers make your points so kind of like tv a lot of people who like work in tv you know you have all your points to lead up to the commercial and then you're basically you're hitting all your marks hitting all your marks okay cool commercial and so that kind of have to have the same process with shooting hit all the marks that you got for that one spot stop look over if you need to. And then if you need to make adjustments while it's like, okay, you know what, um, the shadow on the right side is coming off. Let me fix that or do this, do that. Nothing wrong with that, but keeping that stern track. Cause a lot of times, like we don't shoot for like eight hours a day. Most of our shoots are like two hours. So even within like a two hour period, I feel like I'm rushing. And so stopping and really just slowly figuring out how to hit my marks so I have to get better with time management, setting timers and be like, okay, cool. We're going to spend this amount of time here and then go over. That's amazing advice. With all that being said, do you find yourself overwhelmed having to do everything when you don't have others to yeah, work with? all the time. It, it's, you know, it's so exhausting because having this expectation on yourself sucks because you want everything to be perfect and then there's times where nothing is perfect and then you're like crap it's nothing nothing's going my way and I get exhausted because there's times where like I get so stuck in my head because I'm like okay well how am I going to frame this next shot I'm always thinking steps ahead when I should just be in that moment and being like okay I gotta I gotta worry Mm -hmm. about this what's the pose I'm going to do and I have like I have this blank stare most of the time when I'm like shooting 
and I have to like remind the models like I'm so sorry like it's like a supercomputer that just runs through my head it's like that episode where like uh, Squidward makes the Krusty Krab fancy and Spongebob forgets his name and the, all the little Spongebob's are freaking out trying to figure out that's how it feels most of the time <laughs> and I'm just like um no not that pose you're just looking at the supercomputer and then you're just like oh my gosh it and then hiding that frustration with yourself is so hard because obviously you don't want yeah. the model to see you stress because they start to feel stress and everything so it's like it's such an overwhelming process at the same time especially even when you have people helping you it gets overwhelming because something something may not be going right or like we're getting off track we're doing this we're doing that and then that shows in performance what do you do that kind of helps alleviate that even just a little bit taking deep breaths <laughs> and just like distracting myself with like you know conversation and really just kind of like veering myself back into what we're doing in the first place and sometimes you know and sometimes that's even me going to my phone and looking through the mood board and be like okay cool maybe we should try this maybe we should try that and so really just staying on one thing at a time and not worrying about everything else in the future just being like okay cool this is this is the spot right now this is the moment what am I doing in this moment and then worry about everything else afterwards Daquan, what is one thing you like about being an ATV all-terrain vehicle within your process and journey with photography? Individualism. That's like one thing that I really like is that being able to like say that I can do multiple things without having the need to like have other people help me. Because I remember like one of the key things, especially like within my photography, I never wanted to tell people that I knew somebody for something that they needed if I couldn't be that person. So for me, and it happens a lot because especially with like Instagram, I only really post like my portrait work, but I get a lot of people that are like, well, you know, like, do you, do you shoot weddings? Do you do this? Do you do that? I'm like, I do everything, you know, because even, even if like, I'm also like stubborn where it's like, you know, even if I don't know how to do it, I want to kind of do it. And I really want to like learn on the spot. And so I'm always like, yeah, like, you know, what, what do you need? Like there's um this one client that I have who just has me shoot their car all the time. And I was like, never was like much like, you know, like I shoot cars when I'm out doing street photography, but I've never done like car photography. Right. Of, like so the BMW or the Audi. Yeah, like yeah, a yeah, sport. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. All these like sports cars, the JDMs and I... And it was funny because I was like sent this like Craigslist ad from a buddy. And it was like this guy who was looking for someone to take photos of his Lambo Urus on his like iPhone 14. And I was like, yeah, let me do that. Like I, I get to ride in a Lambo. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm sold. And I got paid for it. I was like, all right, cool. And yeah. then from there, you know, I was like, okay, like this stuff is cool. And it's so fun when like, you start doing other things and then you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. I actually want to do this. And so I just started um, doing like couples, like photo oh, shoots. Okay. And one of the, one of the things I really love about that is how I'm very like unconventional with that, where okay. I don't try to pose couples. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, like I'm fly on the wall. Y'all just, I'm, I'm living in your world. Yeah. I'm capturing it all. And I get some of the best stuff because capturing intimacy like that, you can't pose that. You know yeah. what I mean? 
and and sometimes it's like there's a lot of people who they want they want to see their day-to-day in a way that they you know are comfortable and not posed and everything like that but yeah like I being an ATV is so fun because I can do so much and know that I'm not limiting myself and I'm not waiting around for other people to help me. I can literally be like, all right, bet I got this. I can do this. This episode of the Build and Bloom podcast is brought to you by Contractista, my favorite resource for lawyer-drafted photography contracts. Head to jessicawhitaker.co slash photography contracts and use the code BUILDBLOOM15 at checkout for 15% off lawyer-drafted legal documents. Contractista is your one-stop shop for attorney-drafted legal documents for entrepreneurs. Actually, not only are they attorney-drafted by a business and intellectual property attorney, but they're also peer-reviewed by attorneys with over 30 years of experience in contract drafting for multinational corporations. <laughs> Anyways, Contractista actually has bundles specific for photographers that cover portrait photography contracts, wedding photography contracts, plus some legal disclosures that you have to put on your website. Just like you have to have car insurance to drive a car, you have to have attorney-drafted contracts for your clients and websites to run a business. Head to jessicawhitaker.co slash photography contract and protect yourself from that just in case. And you can use the code BUILDBLOOM15 at checkout for 15% off. That's jessicawhitaker.co slash photography contracts. And doing these creative shoots as a way to find out what your style might actually be because maybe if you have just been, you know, doing your bread and butter client shoots, which is important. I mean, that's what's bringing in income for you. But if you still have this question of, I don't quite know exactly what my personal photography style is. It's a great way to be able to explore that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, I'm still, I'm still stuck on Tumblr, you know, cause that, that was just those days it It was the height of photography it it was the height of photography and that's what I strive for the most and it was funny because I was talking to uh, a model I was working with uh the other day and I was like you know what I sell nostalgia that's what I want that's what I want to be known for is timeless photography that brings you back to that time because I mean summer 2016 was incredible for like music and everything and then like and I you know I've noticed that like especially with like over the years I look back at a lot of my stuff I've always gravitated towards moody portraits I've always gravitated towards really things that like when you look at it Mm -hmm. I want you to feel something and so like I you know one of my best friends like he's always instilling the technical side of photography like you know you got the leading lines and this this that I'm like yeah yeah absolutely but like how do you feel when you look at this photo mm-hmm. like put all the technical stuff aside how do you feel when you look at this photo and then that's what I'm trying to sell I'm mm-hmm. no longer trying to do this for like okay you know the technical side okay like I yeah. love how you got technical but no tell me how you feel like there's a photo that a lot of people have gravitated towards that I post on my story. It was a model with their shoes on a home plate on a baseball field. And it was like mm-hmm. dirty converse and brown pants. And everyone was like, this reminds me of like when I was a kid. This, yeah. this, is, this is like the sandlot. And I'm like, 
that that's what I'm trying to be on. And with those creative shoots, whatever it is that you're trying to do, you know, that's what you want. You want people to gravitate towards that shoot mm-hmm. and see exactly what you're trying to put out. How long do you need to do a full-fledged shoot? So where you're doing where you are doing everything yourself, the styling, hair, makeup, directing, shooting, anything else in between, being the chauffeur. (laughs) (laughs) For that, realistically, it would be so nice to have at least five to eight hours of just being able to go from start to finish. Mm -hmm. I'm talking, get to the location or get to like, if you have a studio, coffee in hand okay cool and we just go through everything this mm-hmm. is these are the outfits got it on the clothes rack okay we're gonna start with this 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 and really plan it out yeah five to eight five to eight hours is like the perfect amount of time to get a full-fledged shoot going because especially if you are doing hair and makeup as well you want that time yeah. to really get in and just like okay cool got the outfits going let's get the makeup going for the first look and then yeah. you got to clean up second look. And I mean, it's, and I've worked with like makeup artists on shorter times and makeup artists are like, hair and makeup artists are really like just on point. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they've, they've been built for this. They're like, all right, cool. We're, we're shooting for two hours. Well, they need to get there an hour early, you yeah. know, before we even shoot. And that, and that's a key thing is like having, you know, your models or your clients show up early if you need to be doing all the extra work, it's so key. But then like when it comes down to like studio work as well, you might as well just book that extra hour just so you can get in and get everything set up. Yeah. And then, you know, the the hair and makeup, you know, like you always want to account for so much time. And that's like the key thing is especially being an ATV and how we talked about it, making time, you have to have the time. It's better to have an extra, to pay for the extra hour. Than it's to be better rushed. to pay for the extra hour. It's better to have the extra hour because it's, you know, and I mean, I've seen a lot of people who are like, okay, cool. We're going to drive three hours out, shoot for two hours. And we have a three hour drive back. And it, and that's like, you know what I mean? Like, like, no. <laughs> it's it's not- like, that's not even enough. Like you got to have the extra hour on top of the two hours shooting. And then mm-hmm. you got to take the, you know, and it's like, but making that extra time so you can do everything is key. Mm. So if you want to do a creative shoot from start to finish, give yourself five to eight hours and and let the model know like, hey, I need all of your time. Compensate the models, feed Mm -hmm. them, you know, if you, you know, gas money, something parking. like that and, that, and that's you know parking like it's oh, seattle and parking jesus <laughs> you're like I, no, you know what i'm right about the parking <laughs> <laughs> you know what <laughs> yeah it's but yeah like it it really and it really comes down to the people that you work with just trusting mm-hmm. you with that time and especially when you're doing creative stuff you want to have that trust you want someone to be like do you trust what i'm trying to do mm-hmm. you always want someone to be on the same wavelength as you because if you, you know, if you think that somebody is like going to be perfect for the job and then you start doing it and then you're like, oh, this isn't working. Yeah. And so do you scrap the shoot or do you say, okay, you know what, let me do it again with somebody else. And, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with doing the shoot over again with somebody. At what point though, like 
do you realize uh you know what <laughs> never mind like this isn't working i'm not one to wrap up shoots early i really just i tough it through mm-hmm. but then there's most of the time when i'm editing and i'm looking through and i'm like i don't know what is not what's you're not like in tears <laughs> yeah like you get so frustrated you're like okay yeah. you know and then you're like oh you know what let me give myself some time let me take a breather and and sometimes that happens when you're working with someone for the first time because obviously you don't have the chemistry you don't really know so then you kind of don't want to be that person to be like, hey, um, the shots didn't come out to plan, so can we do it again? But then also you could, and then just really set the boundary. Okay, cool. Now, like, this is what it looked like. I know that we can elevate it. Mm-hmm. And that's like a key thing. Changing your verbiage too is like also like I being in this, being a better mindset instead of saying it doesn't look good, be like, you know what, yeah. what can I do to make it better? Yeah. And so like, that's another thing that I have to like constantly tell myself is like, okay, you know what, it can be better. Yeah. Okay, it's good. It's great. But what can be better? Even if it's like something that I've, you know, and there's times where I've sent photos out and I just don't like them, but people are like, I love this. And I'm like, you know what, like, that makes me feel a lot better than me just completely just saying hey I just didn't like it I'm not gonna send it off when you're doing a shoot that isn't working out exactly how you originally intended what's the kind of language that you'll use to guide the model to bring the shoot back up to your expectations I mean it's a lot of like you know communication is key don't like directly talk at the model and say oh well that looked awkward while I was like but you know what I'm usually like you know what let's try this I was like you know what I think I think if we did this it might elevate it a little bit more. It's mm-hmm. really just changing your verbiage because I, you know, there's been times where like, you know, we, we have a shot and it's like, it's there, but then it's like the hand is, you know, there's something about the hand that's not working. I'm always okay. Um, like, you know what? I need you to, you know, and obviously showing them too. is like, when you show them, you're like, okay, I need this from you. I need this from mm-hmm. you. It's really just kind of like the communication is key. Communication is key. Directing people is key. Being a composer, basically, you really kind of have to be, you know soft and you know obviously especially when it comes down to like you know you don't want to use words like this is awkward this doesn't look good it's like I know I know what this can make make it better can I have you do this can I have you do that it's like okay you know and then showing them too especially because like you know I'm very much like showing people out of the camera Mm -hmm. I'm always like okay like you know you see how your hand is like twisted like this I want you to kind of twist it back to where it's comfortable Mm. because you know and especially because and, you know, I might not even say it looks awkward to them and be like, if I'm in this position, like, this this doesn't feel comfortable to me. Yeah. I, like, I want to make sure that you're comfortable. And I want to make sure that the shot is elevated to where we want it to be. And it always, like, it always works out. Communication is key. Just communicate, be soft, you know, and, and you know, and if you have to be stern with some, like, you know, to some degree, don't be, like, overly aggressive like no that's not it <laughs> like, yeah you know, like, gets mad like, no and no, you know, no, that's no. that's weird like that's yeah. a weird thing to get mad at a model for not you know doing something that like, it's like you, you can't can get mad at your siblings when you're shooting them but like <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. when it comes to like the difference between me photographing like my best friend versus me photographing clients. Oh, it's so different. It's so different because it's like you have that rapport. You have that. So then it's like, what are you doing? Like, what, mm-hmm. what is this? What What is that? You know, right. and it's it's so key. Like it, you know, verbiage, being soft. And obviously you want people to work with you again. So the last thing you want is like. 
them to feel bad. You know, Jessica was just so hard to work with. I don't, (laughs) she just, you know, and another thing, especially when, you know, working with new models, like I've always told it, especially like, you know, it's like learn poses, learn how you want to be shot because you can't expect the photographer to know what pose to put you in. And I hear it all the time from a lot of new models. They're just like, well, I shot with this photographer and now I have 80 shots of me just standing like this and like that. And I'm like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta move with the shutter, move with the shutter, move with the shutter and never expect somebody to know exactly what to bring to the table. But for me, I'm, I'm pulling out stops. I'm, yeah, I'm getting you have the, the reference photos. You, you have know, the folders. I got the, I got the, I got the folders. You whip out the full length mirror for them. <laughs> exactly. You know, like you have to, like, you really have to do that because it's key. How, like, you know, how are you going to expect to get the shot that you really want if mm-hmm. you're not putting your all into it? And, and that's the key thing. And, you know, if you're not communicating, because it's the same, like if we're doing self-portraits, you're going to communicate mm-hmm. with yourself. You're going to be like, no, you, you know, that doesn't look good. What are you doing? Okay, yeah. cool. Now let's try this. Let's try that. You know, it's communication is key. And, you know, don't touch models while you're shooting. Mm. 100% do not do that. Like with me, I'm very communicative. I'm verbal. I will never go up to a model and say, okay, well, let me just move this out the way. I will literally be like, hey, uh, get out of the pose. I need you to move your hair this way. Can mm. you do this? Like, it's just, no, like, do not, do not touch your models. Have, get consent. If you need to make an adjustment, get consent. Yeah. But more than likely just say, hey, can I have you fix this? Especially with like silent. It's yeah. a key thing, you yeah. know, for, you know, for women photographers, like, you know, it's, you know, there's, there's that trust already, but then again, there's also the, the communication, like, Hey, do you mind yes. if I just fix this real quick? And even, you know, even when I've had models tell me like, Oh, it's okay. If you need to fix anything, I'm like, no, you know what? You do it. Like, I yeah. just need you. I just need this, you know, because it's just not, it's just not how I operate. Never yeah. was that way to operate. Even, even amongst friends, like, you know, with friends, obviously you're like, okay, like, Hey, I'm going to step in real quick. I hope you don't mind. It's always the thing. But even then, I'm always like, hey, um, can I, I need you to fix this for me. I need you to fix that. I need you to hide this. I need, you know, like 100% do not touch models. I cannot stress that enough. This episode of the Build a Blue podcast is brought to you by a tool that's cut my photography workflow in half without cutting into half my software budget. Like most photographers, I use the blog feature on my website to upload galleries. Narrative is a software that you download onto your computer that cuts down the time it takes to build out blog posts from one hour to 10 minutes. Narrative works on almost all website platforms, Squarespace, Wix, Weebly, WordPress, the list goes on. There are so many bonus features to Narrative, including a Lightroom plugin, SEO integration, adding text into blog posts, cropping within the program, which means no more back and forth with Lightroom. Oh, and it also uploads all your images as individual files. So it's not one big collage, meaning that it's Pinterest friendly. I know what you're thinking. This seems like a miracle, but how much does it cost? With Narrative, there are three package options starting at just $6 a month. And heads up, right now the program is only available for iOS, meaning Mac users. Go to jessicawhitaker.co slash blog tool. You can also check out the description of this podcast episode, the show notes down below. I'll link it as well. That's jessicawhitaker.co slash blog tool. If I can lead off an encouragement, it's to keep shooting. Um, There was a point in time where I quit photography multiple times and I wish I'd never quit Mm -hmm. during those times because 
it, it, the thing is, is that art is so precious. And then at the same time, how we touched on how it gets personal. Mm-hmm. And we have this, we have this notion in ourselves that we want to be perfect. And a lot of my perfection stems from my childhood and everything like that. So I always, uh, you know, I have these burnout moments where I just don't want to shoot anymore, but I have to force myself to shoot because one, this is my job. But mm-hmm. two, it's also like, I know how it felt not having this medium art mm-hmm. in me, you know, like just like the encouragement is just to keep shooting. Even when you think that like, it's just not going anywhere. If you don't think that it's paying off, it's paying off. No amount of money is going to give me the same satisfaction and fulfillment that I get from creating photography mm-hmm. and creating the stuff that I do. So keep doing it keep having fun definitely have fun you should always have fun when you're shooting get creative and tap into something that you probably didn't know that you had thank you so much for sharing so much amazing advice and so many action steps that people can take and honestly implement right away it was self-portraits this weekend thank you so much daquan where can everybody find you you can find me on Instagram at dt.raw. You can also find me pretty much in the future. I don't know when this will air, but there is a studio that I will be managing. So you can find me there to book. It's going to be called the Yesler Loft. It's going to be in Pioneer Square in Seattle, Washington. So if you're in Seattle and you need a studio, um, by the time this airs, I'll have, you know, I'll figure out the Instagram. I haven't figured out the name, but if you want to have an experience in the studio, it's going to be really fun. And especially if you want to kind of just like chop it up and learn something from me while you're at the studio, I'm so down to give people the, the advice. I really love, you know, people just talking to me about photography and I'm willing to give anybody advice. Please, you know, hit me up. If you got questions, hit me up. Um, If you have books, prints let me know i would love to buy and i have something pretty big happening in the future uh, after the summer it's with um it's with the model that we work pretty close with we both worked with the same model okay Um, can you drop a hint for us uh, it's um (laughs) let's just say it's it's something pretty big for the both of us i don't want to go too much into detail okay but i will just say that it will be black and white so i'm leaving that up to everyone's imagination (laughs) oh my gosh i'm so excited after the summer something that i've been wanting to do for a very long time it's going to happen and y'all will find out when it happens Okay. I am so excited. So I'll have um, all of Daquan's information linked in the show notes in the description of this episode. Thank you so much again, Daquan. Thanks for listening to the Build and Bloom podcast. If you love the show, leave us a review on iTunes to keep it running. This also helps other photographers to find this free resource. Looking for more? Join over 60,000 photographers in the Build and Bloom Facebook group. Just search for Build and Bloom in Facebook groups to join in the encouraging and empowering community. You can also find Jessica's tutorials and tools on YouTube and Instagram at Jessica Whitaker and show notes and further resources on her website, jessicawhitaker.co. 
Thanks for spending time here. Catch you in the next episode.